0: And good morning, Memphis. Welcome to The Morning Show. How are you all? I'm doing well. I'm a little bit grumpy. This morning, I'll confess, I watched way too much Memphis City Council meetings and committee meetings yesterday. Um, so if I seem irritable, it is because I watched so many hours of these committee hearing meetings And I'm not flexing and flexing. That's what the cool kids say, like where you're boosting your ego, taking a victory lap for doing it. But, you know, this is going to be a must listen to morning show. I can tell you that right now because we talk about crime so much and I'm always trying to think about how could we talk about it in a way that is interesting Um, because a lot of times you will get these unprepared hosts in the market that talk about the same old thing every single morning. And I just refuse to do that because it's too boring. So I always try to dig a little bit deeper. What are our leaders, and I use that with air quotes, what are they actually doing to address crime? And what are they saying in committee meetings? That means we have to work a little bit harder, okay? That means we go through a lot of audio like we did this morning, and we edit it, we cut through it. And something you'll hear this morning that we rolled out is you'll hear this little, that is where we cut audio, in make some edits because what happens is you'll have for example you'll hear from the police chief in one moment she's sitting down being grilled quite literally grilled by our memphis city council yesterday democrats republicans radicals progressives conservatives and she was in the hot seat. and the answers will be like five minutes long but we just don't have that time so when you hear that little whoosh, that is going to be where we make an edit so just want to make that very clear so let's talk about the city council yesterday so they have a huge discussion on public safety. And it basically started with what happened on Saturday into Sunday where we had these street takeovers. You guys see that on our Stop Memphis Crime? Unbelievable. Where you have all of these thuglings, thugettes, and thugs uh, basically commandeering interstates. In this case, it was on airways near the airport. Think about that. You're trying to go to the airport, Memphis International, and you miss your flight because of lawless thugs in our city. So that is what started this conversation. And it started with city councilman Ford Canali. I want you to take a listen. He calls up police chief CJ Davis, literally says, chief, get up here. We've got to talk. And this is what it sounded like. Cut 18.
1: Brings us to the end of the agenda. Is there any other business that needs to come before this committee?
2: Yes, ma'am, Madam Chair. Uh,
1: Councilman Canali, you are recognized.
2: Thank you, Chief Davis. Could you come up, please? Good morning, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Chief C.J. Davis. Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chief, colleagues, I don't know how many of you got complaints, texts, emails about what happened over the weekend. <laughs> Best of my understanding, this happened on Winchester near the airport. I just wanted to ask you, um, I assume MPD made the scene, uh, but if any arrests were made and your thoughts on how we can prevent activities like this from happening, I can only imagine if you were coming into Memphis or leaving Memphis via the airport and you saw some activity like this that you probably wouldn't want to return to Memphis, Tennessee. This type of behavior scares people so much that it makes them want to consider moving out of this city. So, if you could just elaborate a little bit on what happened, and maybe you clarify exactly where, where that was. Uh,
3: absolutely. Uh, many of our resources were in Mount Moriah Station this week. We conducted a large operation in that area too, and it wasn't that we did not respond to this particular location but some of our focus for this very reason, because we've had a lot of car takeovers on 240 in that Mount Moriah Station area. So a lot of our resources were in that area to sort of reduce, we had significant results. But fortunately we have the um, Tennessee Highway Patrol that's working with us. They're bringing 15 more Um, officers to this area permanently and I think we all have seen more of their activity.
2: Yeah so unfortunately we've had too many of these happen in our city over the last several months Um, and I think these guys for whatever reason just think this type of lawlessness is okay and they're going to get away with it so until we can and I don't know what the response is normal response would be from MPD or FTHP assistus us or even Shelby County Um, But this type of behavior has got to be stopped. It cannot continue to be allowed on our streets. Or colleagues, we're not going to have a city left Uh, because these people, they are truly terrorizing our streets and scaring people to death. There's one gentleman, I don't know if you can see him, if you could zoom in. looks like he's holding a weapon in his hand.
1: So is that not a crime? (laughs) Colleagues.
0: You heard. Rhonda logan she was chairing that committee meeting she looks at the photo you can see all the city or you can hear the city council members when they pull up an image of one of the car takeovers they throw it up on the projector and Rhonda logan grasps her pearls and screams wait isn't that a crime yes it's a crime but it keeps on happening every single day because there are no consequences As I said just a couple minutes ago, we're going to get through some audio, so stick with us. Um, It's compelling because Rhonda Logan then went on to tell the police chief if there are not consequences, these thuglings are getting more emboldened every single day, and we're right around, uh, well, it's Wednesday. Friday, Saturday will be here very soon, which means they get crazy again, and there will be another street takeover. Where will that one be? Take a listen in Cup 15.
1: Um, the areas that are like downtown, the bridge, the airport, those key areas, is it not possible to just have people there on the weekend? It's going to increase and you look for places that's going to be the di- most disruptive. So Absolutely. those Tennessee Highway Patrol people that are coming, I was talking about maybe planting them, we're getting 15 extra ones because we cannot have the airport and the bridge locked down with this kind of stuff and you know it gets progressively uh more adventurous to them to find places like this that are gonna create a dance so that's just my suggestion
0: Mm -hmm. she's she's right on that i do find it very fascinating that they are begging memphis police department officials to ramp up this security across the city we need more officers in this part of this city in, in Mount Moriah, we need it over on I-240 near the airport airways when they have gutted our police department with their previous votes. And there is a disconnect with this city council because there's also been an effort by this radical progressive city council not to crack down on juvenile crime because they are black juveniles oftentimes. That may make you feel uncomfortable this morning, but that is the reality. And so to get tough on these youngsters... You are a racist. But yesterday's city council meeting, there was none of that. As a matter of fact, one city councilwoman, Yolanda Cooper Sutton, she called them demons. And she said these thuglings, when they get out onto the streets with their guns and the donut mafia begins, they're on demon time. This is crazy. Take a listen to this audio. It's wonderful. Cut 14.
4: Thank you, Chief and the police department for doing all your hard work that you all are constantly and repeatedly doing. You are dealing with very smart technical uh, youth and young adults that are very sharp. And they're on this term, I don't know if you all have heard, they're on this term called demon time. And so when they're on this term called demon time in the streets, when you're in the streets and you're with these, and you you can go in the streets and you can hear them and they say, "Auntie, we on demon time, nothing, 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 Nothing can stop them, because they're going to do whatever they need to do and be as disruptive and corruptive as they possibly can. Last year, I sat in this meeting, sitting in that chair, and you asked for an ordinance to inconvenience taking their cars, and we're back here again in 2024. Inconvenience and take their vehicles and make it impossible for them to do what they are doing. Get one. It'll send a message, but she's gonna need our help to get this ordinance in place, so we can let them know that the city of Memphis means business. The next 15 troopers that are coming in, put them in hot spots where you know things are happening. At you on the interstate, you're getting good citizens on the interstate like me that are that are probably people that are going to work and all that stuff. Put them in these hot spots where you know this stuff is happening. Absolutely. See, you can't think like a criminal unless you are a criminal. And you got to think like a criminal. Even though you're not, you got to think like a criminal because they're always two and three steps ahead of us. We're sitting back here. But until you get in the streets and understand what's going on in the streets, it's very easy for us to say this, 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 this. this, Until you put boots on the ground, you get in there and you see what they're talking about and what they're doing.
0: All right. So more audio to come. But I have a couple thoughts because what this ultimately ended in was Police Chief C.J. Davis said they are permanently going to deploy 15 additional THP patrol officers, Tennessee Highway Patrol officers, to help Memphis specifically on weekends in cracking down on street takeovers and other similar events, including the pro-Hamas protests that shut down the I-240 bridge. That was like, what, two weeks ago? Um, Also, she says that her department, Police Chief CJ Davis, and we have the audio, we'll play it in a couple minutes, um, is drafting a new ordinance that would allow law enforcement to take away the cars of these thuglings that are terrorizing you, law-abiding citizens, motorists, just trying to get to the airport trying to get to the Kroger, trying to go here and there and fro and from. And, you know, all of us, I literally, I was thinking about this the other day. One of my first memories of Memphis, Tennessee was being caught up in one of these. I had no idea what it was. I'd moved from Pittsburgh. I'm downtown where I'm living. All of a sudden, there's 40 cars around me. They're hanging out of the vehicles through the sunroofs. There's ARs or whatever, the long guns they're carrying. It was terrifying. I called my boss and I said, send me back to Pittsburgh. Like, this is lawless. This is anarchy. Um, so what they are going to do with the new ordinance, and I want to I hear from the listeners. Do you think this is sending the message that needs to be sent to make sure we do not see another street over in our city ever again? They will take the cars away from thuglings for 10 days, then give them back to them. Because current ordinance and current police policy is they typically will take Their information, they will take their vehicle for one day, get more information from, I guess, said vehicle, and then return that car to the thug. And then the thug gets their car morning after their crime. So the new law would take their vehicle away for 10 days. Now it's an ordinance, not a law. We'll have police chief C.J. Davis discussing that ordinance right after the break. Is that a strong enough penalty for shutting down roadways obstructing traffic specifically in high trafficked areas i.e. the airport yes or no it's ludicrous and i think the city council understood that because when they heard this new ordinance they were saying uh-uh ford canale said no when they do something like this we demolish that vehicle and whatever that looks like we need to do that and i agree with ford Canali. would love to hear from you more audio on the other side don't go away welcome back to the morning show before we get back to the conversation we're having about what to do to make sure these straight takeovers end immediately Despite Memphis Police Department saying that these are happening nationwide and after the pandemic, okay, maybe, but they're happening in the 901 more often than they should, okay? Don't point the finger at the pandemic. This is our problem. This is a Memphis-specific problem, and let's, let's stop it, and there's ways to do that. But real quick, let's put a pin in that, and let's talk about lifetime health insurance because... As you guys know, that was one of the more controversial votes that the city council would have to take. Um, and they took the vote on whether they would give themselves health care benefits until age 65. This would be for council members past, present, and future. Sure. And the city of Memphis, I was watching the committee meeting, uh, the, the council meeting yesterday They weren't having it. And I don't know how any one of them could have voted in favor of forking over these insurance policies to themselves, making you, the taxpayer of Memphis, pay for it. After hearing people like this, take a listen to this woman speak out against the ordinance to give this insurance policy to the city council. Uh, I
5: felt very strongly about this particular issue because I average... 60 to 70 hours a week with two different jobs, and I still can't afford insurance So for you to ask for the citizens of Memphis to pay for your insurance in perpetuity for a part-time job for a matter of a maximum of eight years is absolutely absurd and I said I'm not A politician but I am a citizen of Memphis who pays taxes and I am barely keeping a roof over my head and I would simply implore you you know please please don't vote for this I know you think you work hard and I know you do a lot of things but you do not deserve the citizens of Memphis to pay your health insurance for the rest of your life end of sentence
0: And there were a lot of comment cards pulled that were just like this woman who said, I am struggling to pay for my own health insurance. I do not want to pay for Martavius Jones's." Is that plural? I don't know. That kind of sounded weird coming out of my mouth. (laughs) I don't know, but we don't want to keep up with him. We don't want to keep up with the Joneses because he lives a very lavish life and the life and the rest of us. We're just trying to make ends meet. Well, I am. And a lot of Memphians are because health insurance is expensive. So no, I don't want to pay for your health insurance city council when it's a part time job. And a lot of you guys are doing all right. And that is very similar to what Chase Carlisle said. City councilman who is a great, great guy. Here's what he had to say. If this is really going to be. Uh, A question we should be asking Memphians, it shouldn't be a vote we take as the city council, it should be on a referendum, it should be on a ballot, and here is how Chase Carl thinks that would go down, cut nine.
2: I don't believe, based on the thousands of emails that I've received, that anybody in the city
0: supports elected leaders giving themselves health insurance. If you feel so strongly about it, then we can make this a referendum question and put it a vote to a public, which I assure you will go down in flames. I really wasn't and I promised uh, Councilman Jones that I really wasn't going to speak out against this I've stayed I'm sure to some of you, you're surprised very quiet about this because I didn't want to rub any member the wrong way that felt strongly about this. But it's gotten to a point where it's distracting from the work that we need to be doing. And we've got a lot to tackle, especially with newer council members headed into the budget season. So. For me, I think holding this is nothing but a disservice and a distraction to the work that needs to be done. So Martavius Jones was actually there, and he apologized. This is the dude that brought this forward. And he said, listen, this was bad timing. This was supposed to be wrapped up by the end of the year 2023. My apologies. Whoopsie that the new city council as Chase Carlisle just kind of inferred, has to get through all of this. But then he doubled down on it and he said, listen, the media has kind of got this wrong. And if if there are different city council members that do not want to opt into these premiums, they don't have to. And the city council said, no, Martavius, go retire now. We'll be fine without the benefit packages, resulting in 11 council members presenting a no vote. And then only one abstaining, that would be Ford Canally. um Here is Jeff Warren on why he was a no vote. Then we'll jump back to public safety. Take a listen to this. Cut it. We have all the crime taken care of until we have all the streets paved until to have our potholes filled and our garbage picked up. And we have a budget surplus and we've given all of our employees this. We shouldn't vote for this for ourselves. All right. Cool. We can quit talking about this. This was dumb and again there's a reason Martavius Jones is no longer on the city council. No, it was not because voters voted him off. It was because ultimately he term limited out. But again the guy was crooked and there is long receipts of that and I think this was just an example. So kind of over talking about it. By the way, can I send a message to the tech team down at the city council? Fix your live stream. I could in theory spend my day there after the morning show um, I think the first one the committee meeting starts at 9 then at 3 o'clock frankly I don't have the time but I will watch them but the stream must work Bill Dries over at the Daily and I follow him on X it was really funny he's like live stream it's down again what the hell is going on I felt the same exact way I'm like trying to play audio this morning and get it ready for the morning show and there would be like 10-minute pauses in between the the committee meetings and the city council meeting. is it, so maddening, so frustrating. Um, okay, so I'm running out of time in this segment, and that's because I guess I have time management issues. So what we'll do, we'll read a couple comments, and then we will take a break, and then we'll talk about this more. Let me read through some of these. Um, a lot of you guys are saying, no, Deborah writes, no, I won't pay more taxes in Memphis, enough referring to this lifetime insurance policy. Dana writes this the tow lots are full. Where will they put the cars? She's referring to the, I guess, solution to stop the street takeovers where these thuglings are taking over streets. She asks the following questions The tow lots are full. Where will they put the cars that they confiscate? Two, not strict enough. They will steal more cars. Ding, ding, ding. And then three, what about their guns? That's a great point. But point number two of Dana's is my favorite. Um, Because I think most of these cars that are ending up in these street takeovers are our cars. And so when they're stealing about 55 cars every single day off our streets, they will just steal more cars. So you can take those cars and give them back to them 10 days later. But they will steal about 10 more cars in that 10-day frame. These thugs no no bounds. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying. Missy Raynor is saying, Thank God for that city council woman that advocated Rhonda Logan that we stop this before these thugs get even more impounded. Dean writes this: We must impound the cars. They're probably stolen anyway. Sell the cars to the buyer, buy better street lights, and fill the freaking potholes. And say freaking. That was me ad-libbing. But that's because it's Wednesday. And again, I'm grumpy a little bit because I had to watch the city council meeting last night. Going to take a break. More on the other side. Don't go away. And welcome back to The Morning Show. Guys, it is going to be such a nice day outside. Probably the nicest day it's been in the year of our Lord 2024. Looking at the forecast, Dylan, check me on this. And by the way, Dylan has big news we're going to share with you. Dylan Dandridge, we got a lot of praise for this morning show over the weekend, Dylan. I don't know if you saw that. Our boss, station owner Todd Starnes, released some pretty cool rankings that showed that this morning show was ranked number nine in the country for best morning shows in radio markets. And that was a flex. That is very cool. We couldn't do it without our listeners. And there were quite a few people that said they appreciate the rising star, which is Dylan Dandridge. So, uh, Dylan, is this in your end game? Do you want to be a host of a morning show? You would be fantastic. Maybe
6: a co-host. Yeah. A host? I don't know. I can't talk that long.
0: Do you guys want to hear more of Dylan on the morning show? Because I can tell you, I am not territorial of this microphone. You want it? Sit in front of me. We'll talk. You have to get through school, though.
6: Yeah. Okay,
0: so that happens very soon.
6: I'm done in May, so do you want to co-host. So you walk across
0: the graduation stage, you get the diploma handed to you, then I hand you the microphone. (laughs) That's how that works. Perfect. All right, let's get back to the phone because now we're going to be joined by a KWAM alum, Caleb Park you guys remember, Caleb? Of course you do. He was the managing editor of ToddStarns.com, lived in Memphis for, what, maybe over a year? Then he left us for the Sunshine State, where he is Newsmax's latest TV correspondent. Caleb, welcome back to The Morning Show. How are you, and how long did you live in Memphis?
7: Thanks, Ben. It's great to be with you on the award-winning morning (laughs) show. Congratulations to you and Dylan and just the crew there. I miss you guys I was in Memphis for was it only a year it seemed like it was probably closer to two years maybe a year and a half
0: um, it always feels got, longer with the drama that takes place here every single day I, I get it if it felt like 10
7: yeah I switched everything over you know I, I drove through the potholes I <laughs> um, I stood in line at the DMV like multiple times.
0: Yes, you were bonafide, (laughs) even though you were here for a year, maybe a little bit over. You understood the frustrations that Shelby Countyans have. All right. So now you are working at Newsmax. You are on the 2024 presidential campaign beat, beat for those unfamiliar with the news jargon. That is basically where they assign him to a key topic, and that would be covering these presidential primaries. So let's talk about South Carolina because Nikki Haley had a huge, huge update on the race. The presidential yeah. state of the race yesterday. She calls all the members of the press. Everybody's freaking out, wasting our time to tell us this. Cut five.
8: Some of you, perhaps a few of you in the media, came here today to see if I'm dropping out of the race. Well, I'm not. <laughs>
0: OK, well, she's not. So give us the forecast, Caleb, as she is in her home state. Where is the polling suggesting her shot at winning this thing?
7: So there, that's the problem, Ben. There is no polling to show that. And the latest Siena poll uh, showed that she was down 65, like Trump in 60. You know, he's in the 60s, she's in the 30s. It's not looking good. There's at least a double digit lead by Trump. And that's, you know, a place where she was elected governor twice. She was very popular um, as governor. And so, if there's a state besides New Hampshire that Nikki Haley has a chance to win, this is it. And it's not looking like she's going to win. I've, I've been on the ground in South Carolina. I've spoken to voters and a lot of them have told me, you know, we love Nikki Haley, but we're voting for Trump. He's our guy. And, you know, there are obviously people that don't, you know, there's Republicans that don't like Trump and they're supporting Haley. There's just not enough of them. And I think that's the issue in South Carolina. And, um, wow. She's, that's She's banking on going further.
0: Well, where is further? Because Super Tuesday, you were sharing these stats with me. If you look at all of the states that she would be running in with Super Tuesday right around the corner, that includes us in Tennessee. Trump is not only beating her in her home state, but the last stop, which is Super Tuesday, he's beating her even more in those states. So, if not South Carolina, and if not Super Tuesday, and these whole slew of states. There has got to be some talk inside the Nikki Haley campaign that this is dead. This is not going to be your future. This may be the first election campaign that you lost, because that's what she says all the time on the campaign truck, Caleb. You know, because you've covered her. I've never lost a campaign, and I don't plan on doing it now. Well, now has come. I'll give you the word.
7: And she, yeah, and her, Nikki Haley and her campaign have made it clear they're not going to drop out of the race. They're going to be forced out of the race, and she's going to stay in as long as she, uh, as long as votes are counted. Uh, the one thing she does have going for her is people are, donors are still giving to her campaign. She's still got a lot of money, and they're going to be spending a lot of money on the Super Tuesday, March 5th. So we'll be, in this at least through March um, and the Trump campaign has come out and they are blistering her in statements that they've made saying that this is going to be over technically before March Madness even begins with, uh, you know, basketball. And and the Trump campaign also saying that she is basically supporting Biden at this point, because most voters know this is an, an inevitable rematch between Biden and Trump once again. But uh, yeah, the Haley campaign says they're staying wow. until the so last
0: So one coming. of the reasons she's staying in the race, and I shared this on my X account, and I pulled the quote. She says, the reason I'm running, the reason I continue to run is to show everyone what it means to be an American. That is profound. That makes me have goosebumps because, two, I am an American, so therefore I should run despite the odds ever not being in my favor. She she needs help. Um, again, you're not opinion. I am. So let's move on. I can tell you what she won't be doing. She won't be Trump's number two pick because he addressed this at a Fox News town hall yesterday. Here's what he had to say. Oh, audio is a little bit long. We'll cut it short. Cut three.
9: On a big event with you like this. And um, just in time for your appearance today, There's a new Suffolk poll out uh, just now a few days before the big primary. And among those very likely to vote, you're up over Nikki Haley by close to a two to one margin, 63 to 35. Um, Yet today she refused to step aside and said this. Many of the same politicians
8: who now publicly embrace Trump privately dread him. They know what a disaster he's been and will continue to be for our party. Some people used to say I was running because I really wanted to be
9: vice president. (laughs) I think I've pretty well settled that question. Has she settled that question? Well, I settled it about three months ago.
0: (laughs) All right, Caleb. So it's not Nikki Haley, but there is some reporting that he does have a couple names on a VP shortlist.
7: Yeah, and I think, you know, he mentioned uh, Tim Scott and pointed him out in the crowd. And I think it's smart for him to be focusing on Tim Scott right now, going into South Carolina, where Tim Scott is very popular. He's, you know, seen as a potential uh, future of the party. And you've got some other big names, uh, some former rivals, Vivek Ramaswamy, possibly Ron DeSantis. Uh, I know a lot of people said that wouldn't be the case, but let's be real. After as soon as DeSantis dropped out, I'm sure they put everything behind them and they've moved on. So he's got a, he's got an impressive shortlist uh, that he's talked about. And so who knows if there's going to be a dark horse, you know, VP candidate that comes out in, you know, Chelsea Gabbard, or, uh, you know, there's been talk of a lot of different candidates that could be a surprise. Uh, we'll see. But I think it's very smart for him you know, Trump is ultimately a really good, uh, he, he's a really good marketer, and he's touting Tim Scott and his home state in South Carolina, kind of, you know, putting it in Nikki Haley's face. Look, I've got the support in South Carolina in your home state, and he's got all the endorsements. It's it's kind of unreal uh, yeah. going in into the primary Saturday.
0: All right. Well, we're going to leave it there. Great job. Um, have fun. in what? What? Can you tell me what the nickname of South Carolina, isn't it like the Palmetto? Is that it? Yes. Okay, cool. Is that a bug also? It's a tree. It's a tree? Okay. Whoops. Well, I was close. A tree. That's tree. a great question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Well, have fun out there on the campaign beat. We love seeing your stuff. Love seeing you on Newsmax. You're crushing it, and we're proud to have once called you ours. Um, and maybe you'll come back, because oh. Memphis is that cool. All right, Caleb, get, true. <laughs> get back to work, <laughs> and thanks for dropping by. Thanks, man. All right, speaking of that short list that Caleb was referring to, Trump dropped some of those names in this town hall with Laura Ingram. I want you to take a listen to this, cut two, and then I'll throw a question out to you. View that the audience has uh, been asked who
9: they think would be a good choice and various names came up. Um, uh one of them was of course Vivek Ramaswamy, yeah. he's made a big yeah. splash, Ron DeSantis, who's made making an appearance today in South Carolina, we just found out. Um, obviously Tim Scott, Byron Donalds, right. and a a big uh presence here for Tulsi Gabbard. Um, very interesting. Yeah. Um, our and Christy Nome as well, I should say. Right. Our, our, Are they all on your short list and when
0: can you? Okay, so you heard those people that are definitely on his top mind. Uh, There could be extras. I don't know. I wasn't like that thrilled by any of those names. Um, Are you? And if you could be in his ear and had a recommendation who number two should be. Are you cool with those people, those five names on that list, or should he pick someone else? Would love to hear from you guys. 901-260-5926, 901-260-5926. More on the other side. Also, this wild CNN piece, they took a deep dive in what's happening in Biden world right now, and the headline, we'll jump into it, is inside Kamala Harris's quiet effort to break through the Biden campaign's information bubble. Basically, they said, it's so bad right now. There are, quote, bed wedding complaints that are running thin with people, specifically with this Joe Biden presidential campaign and the probability that he will likely lose to former President Donald Trump. So she is rebranding herself and she is going to be the secret sauce Ugh. to get them across the finish line. Do you believe that that is possible with Kamala Harris? <laughs> that's laughable all right more on the other side we're gonna celebrate dill when we come back happy birthday happy birthday everyone happy birthday dylan <laughs> thank you so you join me as a 25 year old
6: wow my wow. frontal lobe is fully developed no it's not yep no. They say that you understand everything when you're 25. No, that's not true, Dylan. Well, yeah, it is not true. I don't understand it. 20, 26 is when they
0: say dudes catch up with their mind. It's 26 its now? Development. It keeps on getting older. <laughs> the more that they actually study guys' brains, they're like, actually, these 40 year olds are still working on brain development. Great. Um, okay. So you were born 1999. Yep. Oh, so 25, this is a good year. I will tell you it's mid twenties and we need to have a serious conversation about twenties and what it really means. Do you find them to be as terrible as I have?
6: (laughs) They're not as easy as people were saying. Like, you know, they're like, enjoy your twenties. Like you'll figure it out. No. No, not as true. I'm trying to figure it out now in my 20s and then later on. Here's the kicker with the 20s is it would be one thing if,
0: you know, the big decisions in life that we would have waited till our brains were fully developed into our 30s. Yeah. But those decisions, i.e. where you're going to live, who you're going to marry, what you're going to do with your career happen between the span of, like, 21 and 25, 26,
6: which is literally your life right now. I would argue it starts at, like, 17 or 18 because you start, like, thinking about college, 17, 18, 16, and then you get to your 20s, and you're like, wow. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't want to do this. I know. Which is fine, but still, that's a lot of big decisions without a frontal lobe.
0: What I will say is there's been a lot online with TikTok, social media, where they say that... 30s are the new 20s. That you can make up for lost time in your 30s. I do disagree with that premise. I think that's false. Um, I think if you sleep on your 20s, you are not going to be set up for success in your 30s. 30s, that's when you grind, right? Um so anyways, all of that to say, this is going to be a this is going to be a good year for
6: you. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh I'm excited. My sister texted me yesterday. She said, "You're halfway to 50." And I said, "Don't, bro, say, that. Don't bro, say that, bro. Bro,
0: all right. I'm enjoying it. Someone wanting to, someone wanting to <laughs> what? wish you a, I guess, halfway to fifty birthday celebration is what we're being told is a surprise on our phone line. So let's go to the surprise caller. Surprise caller, you're on the air with the, the birthday boy and Ben. Good morning.
8: Good morning. Hi, Mr. Dylan. This is Mary." <laughs> i going to tell you a happy birthday and that I love you and I hope you have a great 25th year.
6: <laughs> Thank you Aww, so much, okay. This That's is so, so cute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be at work right now? Not yet. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's only eight.
0: That's Did, sweet. So this is Dylan's fiance, Mary, who's on the phone line. This is very exciting. Mary, have you been on air before, especially with Dylan? Not with Dylan, no. I don't think I've ever been on air. She's a first-time caller. She's a first-time caller. Let's give her Dylan's birthday gifts. <laughs> so, Mary, before we let you go, I mean, Dylan has been killing it with surprises for you, right? He just gave you a huge rock that costs a lot of money. We all love it. So, what are you doing in return for Dylan? I know you're not proposing to him today, but do you guys have a birthday plan?
8: No, we actually have premarital counseling tonight.
6: <laughs> Wait. <So that's- laughs> surprise surprise (laughs) wow
0: this is this is crazy crazy stuff so you're in premarital counseling on dylan's birthday
6: i will say she's already given me her gifts like we've already celebrated my birthday because it falls on a weekday which sucks um so she's already given me my surprises
0: All right. I'm actually
6: wearing them. They're the pants I'm wearing.
0: Oh wow! I like those pants. He came in looking sharp this morning, Mary. We knew it was his birthday, though his mom uh, tipped me off because she posted about it. All right, Mary. Well, thank you for calling. And Dylan, I'll give you the last word to your fiance because it feels inappropriate that I say goodbye to her. Yeah, Mary. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. That's so sweet. All right, now Mary, get back to work. Start studying for tonight's premarital um, counseling. I will.
6: All right. Good stuff.
0: Wow, that was so sweet, Dylan. That was sweet.
6: That is such a surprise. I know. She didn't even tell me she was doing that. Of course. She's always been so scared to call in, but I told her.
0: (laughs) It's your birthday. All right. So anyways, all of that to say, happy birthday. Do you want to hit a couple headlines real quick?
6: Let's do it. All right.
0: So it's going to cost you more to check your bags with American Airlines, which is really frustrating because already it costs you about $30 to check a bag. Um, now American is hiking up the price to about $40 to $45, which is just annoying. We don't have much to say on that, but I travel a lot and I do fly American and I will throw out everything in a carry on before I ever have to check it back. So for example, if they say you cannot travel with that liquid in your carry on, Do you want to check the bag, but it's going to cost me $45 to take a moisturizer through CSA checkpoint? No. Throw it away. (laughs) Um, Moving on to story number two. This one relating to the Kansas City Chiefs. So a lot of people are fearing that woke efforts by Taylor Swift will erase the Kansas City Chiefs heritage. Because they have a Native American name and the garb and the headdress that gets them into some trouble right now. Did we not call this about three oh, weeks ago? We
6: did. She's, she, her fans are Wokies too. And they have more influence than the Chiefs. So mm-hmm. I can see this turning into the Kansas City Swifties pretty soon. <laughs> Just completely take over. You know, here's what I find interesting.
0: You've got to give it to the couple. Travis Kelsey, who's kind of the number one football player in what do you say the country right now? The most talked about right now.
6: Yeah, he's the most talked about. The I would say he's about. the best. Now he's the most talked about. She
0: easily is the most talked about musician in the mm-hmm. world right now. Yep. I'm sorry, that might rub you the wrong way, but that's the case. They end up falling in love, allegedly. I believe that they are. <laughs> I don't and they know. end up at the Super Bowl. What if next year they have a three row streak? Chiefs end back up at the Super Bowl. And her name is thrown in to be the halftime show performer.
6: I, I mean, I, I'm saying th- this. This feels weird. <laughs> this relationship feels weird to me. I don't know about t- to you. It just feels set up. Do if you, you see ten... the videos, no, they, do you still think it is set up potentially after the party? They had that you know they were dancing, they were partying, and then Taylor whispers over to Travis, "Hey, they're filming." So he puts on his face, he puts on his glasses, and they start dancing and getting close to each other. And I'm just like. I don't know. That's not a conspiracy, Dylan.
0: That is just celebrity culture. (laughs) Anyways, we'll probably see her next year at the halftime show. I think so, too. Um, By the way, her ex-boyfriend, the little British kid, Mm -hmm. he has spoken out for the first time since he's very hurt by all of this. (laughs) Uh, You needed to know that. I guess very important stuff. He had a song wrote about her. Yeah. Him. Exactly. Probably. Wait till the one comes out about the Kansas City Chief. Mm. Mm, I don't want to be there for that. All right, Dylan, again, happy birthday. Um, wish you nothing but the best. And welcome to the trip around the sun in the year of 2025. I'm in it with you. It's, it's been a fine year. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was going to say fantastic. It's not bad, but it's not <laughs> great. It's kind of <laughs> mediocre. All right, more on the other side. Um, going to be a lot of fun. Joined by our guys over at FCG, Joey Solopec. Also, we'll jump into more of last night's city council meeting. Also, could be getting a call from Philip Spinoza. Um, that at 8.35. We'll be right back. Oh, boy. This is a reminder. Make sure when you're brushing your teeth that you're using toothpaste and not cortisone. Todd can't feel his mouth this morning. I just jumped on Facebook. He says his, his mouth is numb. Uh, goes to brush the teeth. I don't know if he was half asleep or he just couldn't. See, and maybe he didn't have his glasses on. He grabbed the cortisone and he puts it on the toothbrush, scrubs his pearly whites, and, and Todd can... And he has to do speaking stuff with his new book. He's at NRB, um, the the broadcasting convention in Nashville. So that is your pro tip of the morning. Make sure it is toothpaste and not a cream, a drug cream. So a lot happened yesterday at the city council meeting and also the committee hearing before the meeting at three o'clock. So I watched most of it and I want to just jump into some of the audio to get Through a couple stories before our guys over at FCG um, drop in in just a couple minutes. So concerning the pro-Hamas protest that took over the I-240 bridge, we really have not got to the bottom of that. And I've got to give props to the city council men, Ford Canale, who went after the police chief, not just on the street takeovers, these car takeovers that we keep on seeing, but also the pro Hamas takeovers on our bridge that put lives in jeopardy and so you you'll start with hearing Ford Canale the city councilman police chief CJ Davis responds saying no arrests were made and Ford Canale wraps up and says that is unacceptable take a listen to this and cut number 10
2: real quick chief um the bridge the latest bridge shut down I know that MPD responded, THP responded, I'm sure, I don't know how far they made it across, Arkansas responded on the other side. Were any arrests made in that situation?
3: There were no arrests made in that situation. However, our officers um, were able to document those individuals that that we knew that were in violation of various state laws especially as it relates to vehicles being on the bridge there were a couple of vehicles i think it was three vehicles that were actually on the bridge how do we move forward even with the tennessee highway patrol to block the bridge and not allow people to go on the bridge in the first place this was um, sort of a spontaneous we have had um, numerous protests Uh, this one ended up moving in a direction that this particular crowd typically doesn't, you know, go towards the bridge at all. Uh, We did call in Tennessee Highway Patrol. They responded. Um, By the time they responded, the crowd, we were able to disperse the crowd without having to engage the crowd. What we didn't want to have is physical confrontations on the top of of, of the bridge. Uh, The objective moving forward really is, how do we stop people from going on the bridge in the first place.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, not only is it against the law to do that, engage in that type of behavior, but I don't know how much y'all read about it, but there was a couple of instances. One gentleman was trying to get his wife here and had to turn around and go to Jonesboro, Arkansas, in an emergency situation. Few people had to be airlifted. I think a trucker had a heart attack during that. So you're risking, you're playing with people's lives. Uh, So this type of behavior, the bridge, all this, we just, it's gotta stop and whatever, Resources whatever that we need and whether it's the state level or Shelby County or when it comes to budget season If you're talking about creating a different a new task force, whatever it takes we're committed to doing it because this Lawlessness is taking over our city and it's running people out at an alarming rate.
0: Mm-hmm. I Mean I could go on and talk about how spot-on Fort Canali is there um, the real concern is if there were no arrests made what's not to stop them again, right? Because even MPD spokesperson Teresa Carlson previously cited two state laws that show that they broke the law. So if you have the information and you heard CJ Davis say, we got some names and some numbers, why aren't they facing any charges? Because these group of activists 100% will do it again. They did this with BLM. They did this with the pro-Hamas conflict over in the Middle East. Hamas, Israel, and we're just a couple months out from from June, and you know what that means? That means LGBTQ stuff. So if they don't get their way with a drag show, the next thing you know, we're all gonna we're all gonna be locked in our, our city again because they'll just go onto the bridge and have a pride parade. I don't want to see that ever, ever again. Speaking of lawlessness and why there was not any accountability. Councilwoman Jerry Green. She's a progressive, but I am actually rather impressed by this progressive because she asked the police chief over the weekend, you have all of these cars out there, you have all of these kids doing donuts spin outs in the streets, and only one person was apprehended. That is unacceptable, police chief CJ Davis wants you to take a listen to this exchange here in Cut 12.
10: Um, I just wanted to maybe clarify. Um, I have maybe a question for uh, Councilman Canali about exactly, I didn't get any complaints about this, so I'd like to kind of get an idea of exactly what happened here. Um, and then for the Chief, I, I'm not sure I heard the answers to his questions, which were, did y'all respond to this? If so, how many officers came and how many arrests were made? So, can we start with, like, exactly what we're looking at in this picture, maybe?
2: So, so Councilwoman, this is uh, where they've taken over the street. We've seen this before. Uh, This is a phenomenon that started during the COVID, uh, when businesses were shut down, people looking for outlets. Um, This is a nationwide problem that we're seeing, uh, that we're addressing. We did respond to this. I cannot give you statistics regarding arrest. I was not prepared for that today.
10: Well, I think I think finding out exactly how many arrests did take place would be important because, to the DA's point earlier, punishment needs to be swift and certain um, to be able to curtail future crimes like this. And so, until they see that people are actually getting arrested and taken down to 201, um, that their cars are being impounded, et cetera, it's it's not going to stop. And so, if we are only able to send out a few resources, which I understand. There was other operations going on at the same time, um, and I've certainly been out to the precincts in my district and seen the wide swath of you know coverage that just two officers have to have to cover. Um, so I, I understand that point, but if we see something this severe and we don't react and we don't make arrest, then it will continue to happen. And so I'm curious to know how many people we were able to get to the scene. Um, and how many arrests we were made because again i'm looking at it looks like dozens and dozens of cars here um and if we only arrested one of them well you know i i get it they probably scatter but we need to be at least arresting one person you know
0: yeah maybe one person out of the hundreds that shut down the interstate near the airport while you law abiding citizens were trying to get to Memphis International. Maybe one arrest might send a message. How about arrest them all and throw them all in jail? Now, going forward, and we're going to take a break, the MPD says what they're going to do for these street takeover criminals, they will apprehend their cars for a maximum of 10 days. Right now, the policy is one day. You do something like we saw over the weekend, they give you the car the next day. That's unbelievable. It's also... Quite unbelievable that they would still give their car back after 10 days. Destroy it. Demolish it. They don't get their car back. That is my opinion. Would love to hear yours. 901 260 5926. 901 260 5926. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Wake Up Memphis here on The Morning Show. Very excited to have my friends over at FCG in studio. It is that time of the morning. Dennis Plyler, the owner of FCG, and Joey Solopak, a financial consultant advisor. Welcome back to The Morning Show, guys. Good
11: morning. Good morning.
0: Okay, so let's roll through a couple different topics. Um, So you sent me a story that I see every time I jump on TikTok, which is every single night. And it's Gen Z freaking out about the economy. And I pulled a little bit of this audio. Guys, if we have Gen Z stressing out about the economy, let's go ahead and play that. We'll come back and have the guys react to right now the inflation problems we're facing.
6: Not for nothing. These haircuts are what? A mandatory $40? I just paid $40 to watch Slightly bald in fashion? When I was growing up, it was $20, right? $15 haircut, $5 tip. The 20 went a long way. My car insurance in the last two years went
12: from... 220 to 270 not a 320 i give them a call they said "Sir, there's nothing we can do i'm paying nearly 800 900 a
6: month for a nissan rogue sport do you know i'm paying a thousand dollars a month to not look masculine at all
0: <laughs> this is a common frustration not just by gen zers but i think a lot of people haircuts by the way are through the roof yeah yeah Yours looks good. Thank you. Guess how much it cost me? How much? A whopping $45. See mine? Yeah. 40. Really? And I have a third the hair (laughs) that you do. Well, I'm curious about this because right now there is new messaging from the Biden administration because they're getting hit hard on the economy. And you've heard them come forward with things like Bidenomics, and then also shrinkflation. They're talking about shrinkflation as opposed to inflation. Um, Not sure if you heard the audio of the president talking about that, but the Democrats are standing by this current economy and taking shots at Americans who feel frustrated and miss the former economy. Here is a liberal host talking to Elizabeth Warren on such problems. Cut 19.
2: Why do you think that people, uh, all these polls show like a lot of voters look back on the Trump years and they think they didn't like a lot about it, but they think the economy was good in the Trump years. <laughs> and I know that like we weren't, I know, well, at the end, clearly, and then at the end when COVID happened and, you know, they, they figure, oh, well, COVID happened all around the world. And so, of course, the economy went south. But, you know, before that, Donald Trump was, uh, he was presiding over an okay economy.
5: You know, again, I don't know. I, I, can't exp- I can't explain polling. No, I mean, I, yeah, I can't. No, I, don't. I, I can't. And I can't explain how the narratives come to be. I also can't explain how sensitive are they. I'm going to now sound like the professor I used to be. How sensitive are they to the exact questions that get asked? Because you do get real differences in this. All I can do is do the look ahead. Mm-hmm. And the look ahead is going to be draw this contrast.
0: But the contrast is right in front of a lot of Americans, Dennis, when they buy groceries.
12: I, was, I have a couple of clients in Kansas. They're community banks. And I was speaking with both of them over the past two weeks from both sides. You know, and their banking uh, clientele is primarily farming. And they were both thankful for the rain. They just wish that diesel prices came in. Because there's a cost to get crops in, crops out, and then deliver to the grocery stores. When the primary cost is the very product that this administration is trying to kill, which is petroleum. You kill that, and naturally the price is going to come up. And so then the administration pivots and says, what we're going to do is to help the people to pay for this, we're going to increase wages. So you increase wages and that's a primary cost. Uh, when you start paying people 12, 14, $15 an hour to basically serve hamburgers, everything across the board's going up. And, uh, I really, really, really feel for the, this, your generation, I heard your, twenty you're 25. I can't believe it, but, uh, for your generation to deal with this inflation that we haven't seen since the
0: 70s. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. So picking back off that thought, I'll rope you into this one and I prep you for this one, but there was a California Democrat that made a lot of headlines running for California Senate. Um, Barbara Lee is her name, and she is proposing a $50 per hour minimum wage to address inflation. This is not... A fake news headline Joey this is reality would that hurt consumers in the end though it might be nice with that initial paycheck you know
11: if you're the one getting a $50 an hour raise that sounds fantastic if you're the other 99% of the US that's got to come from somewhere the company's not going to absorb it so what's going to happen they're going to raise prices on everything let's say let's just say if you have a let's I'm going to make up a, a hamburger place Johnny's if you're paying the Johnny's workers $50 an hour to work there, you've got to raise the prices on every burger fry so that you can afford that. And so I think one of the things I've heard from that clip with Elizabeth Warren, and we were talking about it earlier, it comes down to these two things, ideology versus reality, right? The, wow. par- the party yeah, line, really The party line or ideology versus what's really happening. And so what she said, that is she stumbled on her own word. She's trying to control the narrative. That guy asked her a real question she had no answer for because she can't She can't be real and make her party look good because right now we're in a tailspin.
0: Well, yeah, and if you look at the numbers, grocery bills during the first three years of both administrations under Trump, it was up 2.4%. Biden, 21%. Again, this all being in the first three years. Inflation during the first three years of both administrations. President Trump up 6.2%. Biden in his first three years, 17.9%.
11: I want to say, I want to piggyback on something Dennis said. He made it really clear. People sit around and go, why are my grocery bills so high? Well, if you heard what he just said, if we kill petroleum and kill drilling and squash that type of energy, those costs go up for farmers. Where do they pass it along? To you at the grocery store. Grocery store bills are high. It all comes back to energy. If they can't get that fuel at a decent cost, Those prices go up. You want lower cost at Kroger? We've got to get more fuel going.
0: People don't understand that, though. I mean, it trickles down, um, and you kind of have to follow it, and you have to kind of be smarter than the talking points that are handed to you by a mainstream media, especially for a lot of these young people. We want the best of both worlds. We want a clean environment to the point that we are willing to end all of our own resources. Quite literally, never drill in the United States again, Dennis, Meanwhile, we'll go and get the feel from Venezuela and the Middle East. Don't look at what that's doing to our environment. But at the same time, we get on TikTok and we scream and fume about the cost of everything going up there. There appears to be some disconnect.
12: There is. And just to add to the uh, cheerful news that we're discussing this morning, uh, they have cut... Uh, a major factory in the Northeast has cut natural gas supplies and the futures are up 8%. So not only are we talking food supply, now we're talking about heating homes, cooking basics that people deal with every single day. And this quote, natural gas is extremely clean.
8: Mm -hmm.
12: And yet it, because it's lumped with fossil fuels, they're trying to squash it.
0: All right, I want to talk about a, another topic that we've addressed but not in depth, and that is issues surrounding money in marriages. So, Joey, you are married. Dennis is married. I'm going to shut up and let you start talking.
11: Well, I just had this conversation with another with Bill actually the other night about one of the things we've talked about before, and this is a big one in a relationship failing to pool your earnings there seems to be this trend of having separate banking accounts separate financial lives when you bring your families together and when we did some research of the top six things that can kill a relationship with money if you don't pool your earnings if you keep separate accounts that can build resentment over who's going to pay for what and it also hurts your uh Combined spending power. One of the th- one of the benefits of marriage is that you're combining assets to do things, buy a home. So number one, if you're if you're not pooling your earnings, you're making a huge mistake. And now, you know, a couple of the other ones were uh, dealing with old debt. You come into a relationship, you've got oh, student debt, you've got credit card debt, maybe. And this is the one that grabbed me. Maybe you have a gambling habit because there's now a gambling app on every phone. That's mm-hmm. a big
0: problem. That doesn't get talked about. So two things are: do you Have you noticed in trends that people will bring that to a relationship without previously sharing all of that? And if that is true and that leads to problems, the solution to that is before you put a ring on it, you've got to bring everything to the table.
12: Put it on the table and discuss it. One of the things I learned early in my marriage is when first week or two, Dylan listen. (laughs) That I came home, there was a huge set of clothes on the bed, and she was jumping up and down and saying, Look how much money I saved. Wow. And I was going, What? (laughs) She said, Well, this was 50% off. This was 75% off. This was 30% off. And I was going, But it costs money. She said, No, it didn't. I charged it, and you paid the credit cards. (laughs) <laughs> it didn't cost her any money. It yeah. didn't cost her. It's from So really, I think what it, what a couple should do before they get married, sit down and say, is there going to be money that you're going to need specifically without, without me looking at? It? But the main expenses have to go into a common account and
0: be paid out of that. You know, it's interesting. They say opposites attract, and I have found this to be true in a lot of relationships. There typically tends to be a spender, and there typically tends to be the saber. And that can complement each other, but it can also be in conflict with each other.
11: Yeah, we're back now to what he just said, which I think is the key. It's communication. And that's what I, oh, something together. that we do at FCG all the time. When people come in, they don't really know what to expect. One of the first things we do is sit down with them in a, in a room, private room, and go, okay, we're going to ask some questions you may think are a little personal, but we need to find out about you. That's what couples should be doing. This says no, what you just addressed. Know your money personality with you and your spouse. If you're a spender and she's a saver, you need to discuss that so you're on board and moving in the same direction. If you don't, and I love this phrase, this leads to, you ready for this, Hmm. financial infidelity. Oh, wow. And I see that and hear about it all the time where people are hiding pockets of money from each other. You want to build some trust issues with your partner, your, your spouse? Hide money.
0: Wow. Wow. That's, that's provoking. Uh, yeah, don't want to start that. I mean, honestly, it comes down to communication. But think how clear your relationship is on the other side of having those tough conversations. Right. Healthy. It's worth It's it. healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of conversations and clear and honest and trustworthy that you can have with experts, go check out our friends over at FCG. Our guys, Dennis, Joey, Bill, who will be here next week and would try to get in the last word right now. They'll sit down with you and have those honest conversations so you don't find yourself in something like financial infidelity. So check out the website, fcgtn.com, fcgtn.com, or you can give them a phone call. They'll help you out. Number is 901-309-2680. We'll be right back. Yeah, these whiny little brats that I am peers with, they want to scream about the environment, the environment, the environment, and I hear them. We've been trained ever since we were two years old that we we must care. And if we don't join the climate cult, then we do not care about living. Maybe some of us don't. I want to live, but I also want to pay for my food, and I also want to put gas in my tank, And what we are doing as a country in slashing our economic independence and our energy independence, rather, um, is just jacking up the gas prices. And I need someone to explain to these netwits that are between the age of 18 and 30 that we are still drilling. It may not be happening in Texas, in Alaska. It may not be happening in West Virginia. It is just happening in China. And Venezuela in the Middle East, where I can tell you right now, my friends, it's not clean like it is here in America. Jokes on you! Guess what? We share the same freaking air. They're morons. Let's go to the phone line. Amy is calling in, and as I understand, she wants to talk about gas prices. And I could talk about gas prices for the rest of this show. Amy, what's on your mind?
8: Oh, hey! Thanks for taking my call. I I, I heard the last bit of y'all's conversation before. And I totally agree with the prices are high because of our energy independence is gone. Because when Biden first got in office, he shut it down completely. And a lot of people like to argue with me and say it's from the theft in stores is why prices and goods have gone up. I disagree. It's the price of getting the goods to the stores, it trickles down and Mm -hmm. causes everything to go up.
0: Wow. That's interesting. Well, and you know what, Amy, I don't know your familial status. I don't know if you have kids. I don't know if you have a husband. Um, A
8: husband, kid. I'm 42.
0: Can I ask how difficult that must be? And I'm not asking, but like when you have those conversations for your friends, I was having a conversation with my friends and we're all young. We live alone. We do not have dependents like kids. We're told that we need to give them the best food, best nutrition because America has an obesity problem, and we do, but when I roll through, say, a cava, which is a great Mediterranean fast food joint, that costs me about $20, but it is healthy fast food. As opposed to McDonald's, where you could get Chicken McNuggets for like twenty of them for two bucks. No wonder we're struggling with. That's gone up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's even gone up. So how families making a, a regular average living are able to put decent food on their table for this? I can't imagine. It's it,
8: it's very hard, and that my husband and I argue about it because I'm trying to eat the organic stuff, eat healthy. He likes to say that's more expensive, and you can find a lot of good deals on some things, but it's hard to eat healthy or even just to eat in America. Um, it, it's from the energy prices.
0: Yeah. What?
8: Fact, <laughs> I have to say this. It's, it, it, it's on my mind because uh, when Nancy Pelosi ripped up President Trump's last State of the Union address is when it all happened February 2020. Mm-hmm. It's. The pandemic was announced and then Biden won the next year and energy was cut off in America and the Green New Deal was pushed out. I mean, it's awful. And I just don't people are scared to speak up and um, peacefully protest because of the whole January 6th people going to jail. I mean, people are intimidated. No one's going to speak up against this regime we have now so amy look at what they did get out and go vote
0: look at what they did with the president of the united states in new york they're literally suing the guy for 400 million dollars and then letitia james the crooked ag comes out yesterday telling nbc if he can't cough up all 400 million dollars she's going to go in and take trump t- towers. Now it's terrible, but to your point, the ramifications for a lot of people that are America first, that love this country, the message that sends to people like you and me, Amy, is that it doesn't matter if maybe you have a tax incursion or an infraction, because he paid that money back to the banks. The message it sends is if you vote the wrong way, we will come after you. And it is going to send more and more great Americans that would be speaking up Into a cave. Because I'm seeing that every single day. I'll give you the last word.
8: Oh, exactly. I feel terrible for President Trump, his whole family. It's almost like we don't even... I don't want him to be put through anything else. But we have no choice at this point. We all need to get out and vote. Mm -hmm. And be heard. And it's sad. We just need to pray for him and his family. Um, Also, I was going to say... With uh, when you work, you're working hard. You're young. Yeah, my father taught me um, pay yourself first, save, pay yourself first, and then go enjoy whatever you want to do. Oh, that's good. But they, it's sad. I just saw where Biden's um, getting rid of the student loans. I just got an alert about that. That's insane. My father paid for our education. Pay for education. Get an education, and pay yourself first when you get your job. It feels good.
0: Well, I like you. Call back because uh, I I feel like we would be I have friends. A lot to say. <laughs> Good. Good. Me too. Um, Come by sometime, the studio. I'll put you on air. All right, Amy. Thank you.
8: Thanks for taking my
0: call. All right, Bye. of course. All right. You can also have your say, 901 260 5926. 901 260 5926. I know it's morning driving. A lot of people are in their vehicles and they're not like picking up their phone and actually calling in. I get it. But if you ever do want to rant and just vent, this is the place to do it. I get to do it every single day for two hours and I get paid for it. How lucky am I? So Trump facing these legal challenges, one would naturally ask a guy who has done more for New York City than any other person in building that skyline, is it worth it? Is it worth it to throw your hat back in the ring, run for president again After what you're enduring, legally, politically, this persecution. And here is what he told Laura Ingram at a Fox News town hall last night. Kafour.
9: you ever just said to yourself, you know, I'm done. This this is what they, why? A lot of people would have said, I'm going to come out. uh, 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 Why are you staying in this?
7: I can't because I want to make America great again. It's not great right (laughs) now.
11: And we can do that. And we can do that. We can do that. Laura, we can do it.
7: we can get it fixed. It's harder now. It would have been so much easier if we just finished off that for everything would have been so perfect. We had the border set. Everything was set to rock and roll. We had
0: he's exactly right. Um, and that is why I stand with President Trump. I know some of my friends that are good Republicans believe that we do need to move on. It's the same rhetoric we're hearing from Nikki Haley. Well, it may be unfair, but life is unfair, and we need to just move on. He has too much legal baggage. Here's the thing. It's not about Trump. It's about you. If they do it to Trump, they'll do it to you. If we let them get by with this with Trump, they will keep on steamrolling patriots. I can tell you that right now. So we don't let them do this. We do not let them get away because... Their lies have been exposed every single one of them every other month. It's quite unbelievable to see what Trump has been saying has been proven to be accurate every single time. Meanwhile, panic and absolute mayhem in the Biden administration. CNN with this report inside Kamala Harris's quiet effort to break through the Biden campaign's information bubble. I'll read a little bit of it because it was juicy. Uh, Because they're all scrambling because President Biden is not going to win this election unless they steal it. So who is going to save them? Who is going to ride in on a white horse? And it could be Kamala Harris. More than two dozen sources telling CNN that Kamala Harris has been gathering information to help her penetrate what she sometimes refers to as the bubble of the Biden campaign thinking, telling people she's aiming to use that intelligence to push for changes in strategy and tactics that she hopes will put the ticket in a better shape to win in November. Multiple leading Democrats anxious about a campaign they fear might be stumbling past a point of no return say their conversations with Kamala have been surprising and a welcome change after months of feeling sloughed off by the White House and the Biden campaign head- headquarters in Wellington, Delaware. They go on to write one of these insiders to CNN. The bedwetting complaints are running thin with people said one person attended one of the meetings describing the general state of anxiety circulating in top Democratic circles. They go on to say the West Wing and the campaign need to be better. Harris did a good job fielding those responses and deserves credit for it. Many of those people also saying that the conversations have shifted their opinions on the vice president, seeing her now move as a more integral and complimentary part of the re-election effort. So that looks like Kamala Harris going to every college campus in America, and her big thing is going to be abortion, abortion, abortion. And it might be effective, who knows? You're also seeing them target the young vote. Biden's now on TikTok. A lot of people are saying, what a loser. Biden's too old. He does not even know what TikTok is. He doesn't, but his team around him does. And I was looking at the account the other day, They're killing it. The guy might be old and senile, but throw a TikTok camera in his face. There's something kind of intriguing about a president of the United States. Mind you, there have only been 46 of them on social media site TikTok. It naturally draws attention to the president's campaign. Where are the Republicans? Where are the Republicans? How are they trying to target young voters? Not pander but at least get their message to young people. They're not, and we are going to lose if we do not start playing like Democrats. Uh, So more on this. I could talk about this a little bit longer. Um, So let's take a break. What we'll do, we'll hit a couple more national topics, and then I want to wrap up with the city council meeting and also stuff in a couple different local news headlines. This also making national headlines, and this is appalling, but we do have a follow-up of the Memphis mom I wouldn't call her mom. She is a monster who forced her five-year-old daughter to perform waxes, bikini waxes, on clients right here in Memphis at her home beauty salon. 24 clients this five-year-old little girl had to do, and now she's been arrested and is facing jail time, and good, for good reason, but the Daily Mail now has it. Oh, Memphis, (laughs) what are we going to do with you? All right, more on the other side. Don't go away and welcome back to the morning show let's jump right into it because i got a couple good stories um not starting with this one but i want to just address it because i have a couple questions how this was even allowed so you guys may have gotten the report by mpd that basically blasted this you know alert if you see any images of a five-year-old little girl pouring hot wax on naked adult women. Um, Do not look at those because the mom of the five-year-old is a woman by the name of Jasmine Moss, 30-year-old. She is accused of showing off videos on Instagram. So she actually posts the, the pictures and videos of her daughter on Instagram. And the caption makes me question if this woman is actually mentally okay. Because she was complimenting her daughter's work ethic. The daughter is five years old, ma'am. She should not be in your business. It was called Jazzy Body. (laughs) Which is not funny, but it's so Memphis. Jazzy Body LLC. Where Jasmine and her daughter worked. So Jasmine post the photos bet she regrets that but good that she did because it alerted over 80 complaints to the MPD all of these people are like hello this is on Instagram right now here's what Jasmine said about the the she's a mom of three this is unbelievable she said quote when I saw I'm passing down deeds and LLCs to my creations I mean that She literally helped me wax 24 clients starting from 7.25 to 5 p.m. This has also got to be child labor abuse. There's got to be a child labor law against this, among other laws that were broken. She goes on to say, she made a total of $744 waxing my clients. I'm going to put the money towards whatever her future dreams and aspirations are. Yeah, therapy. She's going to need all of that money to get traumatized uh, or get the trauma out of her mind because you are a terrible, terrible person, not a mom. A parent would never do this. And I want to know of all the clients, what 24 clients that got waxed by the, the five-year-old little girl, how did they allow that to happen? If I'm going into jazzy body LLC and the person attending to my needs and I'm speaking rhetorically is a five-year-old little kid I'm going to yell. I'm going to call the Memphis Police Department. I'm going to whip out my camera and probably go after the um, owner of that LLC. So she's expected to show up in court today. You better believe I will have an update on this wild, wild human being who does not deserve the term mom. All right, Tennessee lawmaker is uh, filing a resolution Um, to condemn Nazism because that is really important because I guess it's very common that we have Nazis walking around the state house. This all started on Saturday when one of the members of the Tennessee three, Justin Jones, he allegedly, well, he did. He saw all of these masked disguised men, women, um, sounds a little nefarious and I just don't believe that they are actually conservatives. Um, Waving Nazi flags. And so what Democrats in the state of Tennessee did was said, this is basically just one step further than the racist anti-Semites in the Tennessee State House, like Governor Bill Lee, Tennessee House Speaker Cameron Sexton, Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson, you name the whole gamut. They're all racist anti-Semite Nazis. And so instead of combating that narrative by telling people like Justin Jones and Justin Pearson to, to truly grow up because these are not conservatives, these are not MAGA first American patriots, they took the bait. And now they're drooling all over this story, releasing all of these resolutions and statements condemning Nazism as though they feel like they have to play cover for themselves. Of course you condemn Nazism, but those were not white supremacist Republicans that they are claiming were out on the steps of the state capitol. Representative William Lambert, an outspoken Republican, released a resolution running this. This week, we witnessed a vile display of hate by outsiders who wish to intimidate fellow Tennesseans. This group do not represent Tennessee nor our shared values. Tennesseans will never accept or normalize hate, and we will denounce denounce any ideology or group motivated by sick hatred and racial intolerance of any human being. Need I say more? Um, Well, let me say a little bit more. Um, I want you to hear from Justin Jones. Um, We have this audio. Give me a thumbs up if we do where he addressed this, and this is why we don't play their game and take the bait.
7: We wanted to make clear that this strategy of division is not an accident, that it is no coincidence that Nazis felt welcome in Nashville.
3: Right
7: by what we're seeing every day in the Tennessee General Assembly. Right. Oh, when for they God's, God's sake. Making it so that Jewish couples cannot adopt children and, and justifying that, you welcome Nazis here. Right. When right. you yeah. pass laws attacking the Muslim community and, and this so-called Sharia law, you welcome Nazis here. Yes. When you pass laws that made it more easier to protect a Confederate statue than it is to protect the life of a human being, you welcome Nazis yes. here. When you made it easier to get a gun than it is to vote in the state, you welcome Nazis here. Yes. When you get on the House floor and talk about an invasion at the border, you
0: welcome Nazis. Nazis. Bro, shut down, up. I can't do it. Border. Turn them off. Turn them off. Turn it off. I... So Lambeth and the Tennessee Republican Party. Stop it. The, we are not Nazis. OK, we are the people that are condemning these pro-Palestinian protesters that are actually calling for a one state solution, which is the extermination of the Jewish people. Many of the people like Justin Pearson and Justin Jones support and rally alongside of. If you want to talk about Jew hatred, it lies within the progressive branch of the Democrat Party. Please stop playing their stupid games and taking the bait. So Brent Taylor writes a really great op-ed in the Daily Memphian, and I wanted to get down through it. Maybe I'll get him on, but I was reading it, and it was really fantastic. And he, basically, if if you're subscribed to the Daily Memphian, uh, better that you're not, because a lot of times it is propaganda. I am because I'm in news, and they do push some headlines. Um, It's titled, To Address Growing Crime, We Need Transparency, and he goes down and talks about all of the things he's been doing in the letter. Obviously, I don't have time to get through it. But far-left activist and former Shelby County Commissioner, again, is setting her sights on Republicans... And Brent Taylor, she uh, she retweets the Daily Memphian op-ed penned by Brent Taylor and wrote the following. Um, And here was the quote by Brent Taylor that they led with. The situation in our state, and especially Memphis, is dire. Unfortunately, the actions of some of our top prosecutors do not inspire confidence. This crime wave will slow down anytime soon. So that obviously angered leftists like Tammy Sawyer, and she said, crime dropped by the city's own data. Brent has higher office aspiration and and is stomping on Memphis to get there. He also wants to separate from Memphis and have a new county. Take everything he says with an iceberg of salt. So, Sounds like Tammy Sawyer is a little salty at Brent Taylor because he's one of the most popular, well-liked, politicians in the state of tennessee actually i'd argue he's number one right now not just in west tennessee but across the state because he's doing stuff unlike most of the republicans and the democrats they don't do anything. all right that's gonna do it for the morning show we'll have more fun tomorrow got a great slew of guests uh got a message from philip Spinoza. he will join us tomorrow and react to some of the news that came out of the city council yesterday so stand by for that have a great day enjoy that sunshine we'll talk tomorrow starting at seven